in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. Big day for you guys, getting ready for your big trip tomorrow. Yeah, for those who don't know, we're going on a little road trip out east with all our kids, and it's going to be an adventure. My kids aren't super looking forward to it, but I'm like, okay, we're just, it'll be, it'll be great. (laughs) Teenagers, they just want to sit in their room. And my oldest daughter is like, this is the last three weeks of summer, and you're taking us... I'm like, it's a vacation. We're having fun. Oh my gosh. But yes, I know. It's okay. I'm always like, there's going to be good moments and hard moments. And you just have to go into it like that. So I think it'll be, I think there'll be really sweet moments. And the irony of irony is, especially with the olders, you think, oh gosh, I just wasted so much money on this thing or whatever it is or my time. And then they can talk about it when they're years later. Oh yeah, I remember that. I know. You're like, are you kidding me? Yes. What? I know. And then they won't bring up things, you know, it's just, it, uh, mm, yeah, but I, it's all the scenes, yes. it's all the memories and it's all this beautiful tapestry. And generally speaking, they'll look back and be like, oh, right. I love that. That ended up being really fun. <laughs> yes. That is, <laughs> that is so my prayer. Yes. Is that they look back with fond memories yes. and that there's some really sweet, sweet moments and connections. Yes. So so today we're going to be discussing tools to understand the word better and how do you even study the word. And I know a lot of people get tripped up with that, me being one of them. I know that you've always had such a love for the word mom, and I'm definitely growing in that. And I've definitely more had a heart for prayer. Again, not because I've put one above the other or anything, just because I'm naturally just maybe I'm just naturally a verbal processor. And so I just naturally tend to go towards prayer of like, okay, Lord, let's hash this out. Let's talk this out. And reading was never my favorite. And so I read like two sentences and I'm like, wait, what did I just read? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, it's, it's definitely been a growing thing, but I'm learning to love it and learning to sit in it and grow in that. So I definitely am looking forward to to talking through this. You know what? I just want to testify to say that I have obviously so many women who have all kinds of different relationships with the word of God. It's been a joy to see how much you have grown. And I think that's a good thing to start on for all of us, because we're all going to have a feeling or something is going to come over us in the terms of emotions and thoughts when we think, oh man, I don't even really understand the word. It's not my thing. But all that to say that I think like every other thing in our lives, something that we can think or concur in our heart or inner man, like I know this is good for me. Like I know I should exercise. And sometimes I've had the fruit of it. And I guess this just goes back to, I think there's a grace that God gives us. If we see something and we 
sort of agree with God that this is a good thing and that change is always possible. Yeah. Change is possible. Your thoughts and your relationship with the Bible can change and can grow. And I was just saying, Mary, it's been a delight to just see. Sometimes you have called me at times when the kids were in school and you're just so excited about a particular Old Testament story and all the things you glean from it. We just start with that saying wherever you are on this spectrum, let's say, of your relationship with the Word of God, there's just always room to be inspired. Just know that transformation is always possible when we invite God in if this is something you struggle with. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. I think something that's tripped me up about the word is that because I have a difficult time connecting when I read in general, I think when I read it, I can just get very formulaic and just read and be like, okay, I checked that off. I'm I'm a list maker. And so even back when I was younger, it would be like, okay, read these verses or these chapters. And I would just be like, okay, check, read them. And I realized, okay, what was the point of that, right? Like my heart isn't any different. I don't feel any different. And so I definitely kind of was just like, I don't feel connected to the Lord. I don't understand what the point of this is. And so I'm sure maybe nobody else feels that way, but I I guarantee probably some do. And I think just kind of addressing that heart posture behind even going into the word in the first place. And why, why do we read the word? I mean, that sounds so silly, but I think there's something to be said about starting with the verse that, that popped into my head. In John five thirty nine. it says, you examine the scriptures because you think that in them you will find eternal life. And it is these very scriptures that testify about me. And yet you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. And as I was kind of thinking and praying on this, I kept getting this picture of the word being like this bridge, for lack of better words, like this magical bridge, okay? It's this amazing bridge and it bridges us into this faraway land, like Narnia, so to speak. And so Mm. it's this magical bridge that takes us to this faraway land, but the bridge was never meant to be the destination, The bridge is meant to take us into this place of life and to take us into this Narnia other world. But if we just sit on the bridge thinking that the bridge is what's going to bring us life and just, we just read it. Okay. We've really missed the whole point entirely. And yet, of course, there's life in the bridge because the bridge is what's bringing us. It's living, it's active, it's, it's leading us to the father But then if we're just sitting on the bridge and reading it and the Lord's over there and he's like, why are you chilling on the bridge? Walk over the bridge and come to me. You know, does that make sense? Mm. Mary, Mary, Mary. (laughs) Not only does it make sense, but once again, boom. Wow. I feel Mm. so much emotion with that analogy. I mean, wow, that is so perfect. It is so beautiful. And the Narnia, the whole thing, every bit of it is beautiful. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess. Yes. And mom, I want to kind of hear your heart as you kind of think about the heart posture behind how we go towards the word. I mean, yes, we can jump into tools of how do we study it and how do we understand it more. But again, unless we first get this picture of the word is meant to propel us to the father, to captivate us, to convict us, to woo us, to move us. And if, if it's not doing that, then I mean, I don't want to say what's the point, but kind what's of, I point? mean, that's what the Lord's saying yeah. in John, right? Right. He's saying, you think you'll find life in this, but I'm life. Yes. Yes. And I agree. 
I guess, heart posture to me, I started on the exact same thought in terms of like what will compel us and what is basically prohibiting us or keeping us from the word being alive inside of us. The first thing that came to my mind with the heart posture, it happens to be from the same book uh, of the that you quoted was John. And what comes to me with John in, in John chapter one is you all, many of you know this verse, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was yeah. God. So, so it stirs me because I think, okay, the word of God is living and alive and his name is Jesus yeah. Christ, the son of God. When I, when I try to bridge that gap for myself in terms of, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, do I, and this is what, this is the first heart, heart posture that I want to add to this discussion today is, do I, do you, Mary, and do you, as the listener, do you believe that the Bible and the word of God is the living personification of God? In other words, do we believe that right. it's really true? I mean, some of you, wherever you are on the spectrum of the gifts and how they operate, but one of those gifts is sort of a gift of knowledge or a prophetic word. And it's funny how much we can take if somebody gives us, quote unquote, a word, how much emphasis we can put on that. And, and I love getting words from time to time. But we have these 66 books. We have Genesis to Revelation, which is the living word of God that is all coming from his mouth, from his heart and for our benefit. And I think we minimize the word of God because we don't really believe it's as cool as getting a right. word from somebody else or, or God even coming to us in a dream or a vision or a word. And I think sometimes we just have not really connected, meaning there really is an absence of a belief that these words, these books are all God speaking to us individually and in the power of the Holy Spirit, he can make any, any verse, any part of a verse at any point in time, pierce somebody's heart so individually because only God can do that because he's everlasting within himself, right? So he can take anything and add a little baking soda or just add one pinch of vanilla and now it tastes just beautiful and yummy yes. for you or me personally. So he can do what no one else can do. So I would start with saying, let's challenge ourselves to say, do I see this ancient book as something that is completely been given to us for the purpose of intimacy and knowing him because he wants to yes. disclose himself? Do we believe he's saying, if you want to know me, come and sit with me in this and I'll bring you understanding and insight because I knew that you would need it put in a story so that you could understand who I am. And I've dumbed it way down for your benefit so that you could be more close with me and intimate with me. I think really unbelief. Unbelief stands in the way. And I think if we would look at that, we would see, okay, well, maybe I'm not, I'm not really seeing it as what God intended. And I am seeing it as a rule book, or I am seeing it as boring, or I'm not mining it for the gold that God yeah. promises is in it, if I will see it and approach it in a way that's high and lifted up. So that's one of my first thoughts is, 
do we do we value do we believe it's really living and do we believe that it is inerrant do we really believe it has anything to do with today but all that to say that i think we just really have to start with challenging ourselves is what's my relationship right. with the word of god what do i really believe about it because if it's not very valuable and it's ancient and it has nothing to do with anything and i'm not even really sure it comes from god how could it at this point this is just men who wrote it all of those various relationships and thoughts and paradigms that we have we need to start by sitting down and asking god what do i really believe and maybe just start writing out the words in a journal or a notebook that will maybe reveal yes. what's really in your heart and if those are questions then you need to get those answered before you really really decide <clears throat> you want to jump into the word as the living breathing thing oh that it absolutely is. yeah again start at the foundation before we just jump in, let's address the foundation. Why are we even doing this? What's the point of it? Let's start at the foundation and build our way up. It's like we just assume, okay, obviously we're supposed to read the Bible. That's what I'm doing. But the Lord's like, yes, why? Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah, sure. But okay, why yes. are we doing that? Do you believe <laughs> it? Let's hash through this. Let's talk through this. I think that's so good. Yes. I guess in this whole issue of heart posture, the other things that come to my mind is that we would come in and approach the word with wonder and awe and curiosity to the God of the universe and the designer of everything that there is, that we would approach it with a way, with understanding and a desire to really know and to see how this flow from Genesis to Revelation is so incredibly connected. And you may not know that or even believe it at this point, but I would encourage you to go in with this hope and belief that it is something that is, is not too hard or too complex. And like you said, Mary, so many people have comprehension issues well, here's what's wonderful about the word is that you don't have to read it like any other book because it isn't anything like any other book. So I'm just suggesting that you slow it way yes. down because the amazing thing about the word of God is it's not quantity that you need to digest back to the idea of quality over quantity because God is in every word in every message, in every story, we can just take a piece of it and invite God in and literally pause to say, wow, man, that happened and then 10,000 people died? Like, what's up with that, God? Because to read something like that and just keep going as if that was normal Right. is foolish. We don't want to disconnect ourselves from the present time yes. in that story. I think our heart posture needs to be, God, wow, he touched the side of the ark and tried to keep it from falling down and he died instantly. He just he was just trying to keep it from falling cuz he knew nothing could touch this holy ark of the covenant. And he's carrying it and it falls and he reaches out and he touches it to keep it from falling and he dies instantly. Okay, well, I'm not telling you the whole story, but I'm just telling you enough to say there are a million of those kinds of things in scripture that you have to stop and say, God, 
what was that about? And it causes you to have to think about the holiness of God and what he was trying to teach his people. And doesn't that mean he's trying to teach us something too? So what I'm saying is, I, I think that not only do we have to look at our own issues of paradigms and belief about who God is and what the word is, I think we also have to look at how we are still really looking for knowledge and checking off our daily devotional in terms of how many chapters I can read versus, Lord, I'm sitting with you. Teach me, O oh God. Teach me, Holy Spirit. And every little nugget you get will be far more valuable than yes. how many chapters you read. Yes, yes, yeah. I think it's because I'm such a verbal processor and I like to communicate. So I literally just imagine, okay, Jesus is just right there while I'm reading it. And as I just <laughs> begin to read anything, I'm just like, I'll read a sentence and I'll like read it out loud. And then I'm just like, okay, Lord, like what, what is this about? Why, what is going on here? And then I'll just kind of sit on it some more. It's like, sometimes I can't even go, but a couple sentences before then I pause again. And I'm like, okay, Lord, speak to me on this. I'm feeling really angsty about this, or this is prompting this in my heart, or this is triggering this, Lord, what is that about in me? Is there something in me that I need to discuss? Is there something in you that I'm not fully seeing and understanding? Lord, just highlight these things. I want to understand your heart, just about any of it, just pausing and and just mm. inviting the Lord into every single aspect of it. Well, I would wish for all of us, I would wish for every believer to get a vision and a revelation of what you just said, that this is the goal of our God, that we would just sit with him when we rise, when we sit, when we walk, that whatever is coming across our hearts in terms of truth, that we're just then just turning to him, yes. Papa, what does that mean? That verse they just quoted to me and, and rebuked me with, what does that mean? Well, let's go sit in it together. And just that dialogue, that dialogue with God that's ongoing, that we don't just read as if right. we're AI and we're just gathering as much information. We're being programmed with as much information as we could possibly squeeze into a computer. It's meant to be living and intimate and a relationship and mostly it yeah. is prayer. It is this conversation that you're talking about, Mary, in terms of God is speaking. You read one word, you read one sentence, you read a paragraph and you reflect. And now your thoughts come to the Lord and you begin to ask him questions on the road in the journey of being in the word of God. I think these are both really outstanding points when we talk about our heart posture as we approach. The yeah. Miracle. And, and as we, as we sort of go into this idea of tools, I, I want us to keep in mind, and this is why when so many people ask me, how do you read the Bible, Pam, or which Bible do you use or, or what this, this, and this, and all these technical things. I'm so resistant to say, okay, yeah. I do it this way, or you do it that way. Because at the end of the day, you remember the, the slogan, yes. got milk. Basically, you got you got milk. But overall, I've come to kind of think of that slogan as right. got anything else. You're giving me this cup of coffee. Well, you know, got some right. Starbucks. I mean, this coffee is sucks that. You, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that <laughs> word. But I but that idea is, OK, you know, that's not good enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And the last thing is we're going into tools is to say <clears throat> that we want to make sure when we talk about implementing and, and adding to the word of God with some of these helps 
I would just say, check your heart posture before the God who has written this and kept it for us for thousands and thousands of years. And really to begin with it in a way that, I mean, the word, there's so much there. It will take you a lifetime to unmine it. And it is so beautiful and so rich. Let's not easily get bored with the word of God that we need a million tools. Let's make sure that our hearts are growing more and more fascinated with the author of the word and believing that the Holy Spirit will teach us and lead us into all truth. Yeah. And I will say just kind of jumping into some tools or just ways that I, I'm just going to go with what works for me is just like when you go into a church service and before they do the sermon, they have worship. I will say that that is one thing that definitely primes my heart is before I read the word, if I've just been kind of busy and just in my own space to kind of usher me in is to turn on my Spotify and just to like turn on my favorite playlist of worship music and be really intentional to just worship for five, 10 minutes or whatever, for whatever amount of time that you can to kind of tenderize your heart, soften your heart, even praying as you're worshiping, being really intentional to kind of enter in, to have that softened, tenderized place before you kind of jump in to read. Because I think it's easy for our brains to just be like, okay, this is reading time. My brain knows how to read. I know how to do this. I'm just reading to get information. Yes. I mean, that is truly what our, our minds are wired to do. When we see a book, okay, we're just back to that like second grade, read the information, find the information that is key and yes. move on. Yes. And so, right. I think yes. just having something like worship or something to tenderize and slow down your posture before you jump in to read has really been helpful for me. Yep. Yep. And I, I think I've testified to that earlier in some of the episodes here where I had so little resources really when I was raising my four children. And obviously I'm in a different season now. So in in order to like tenderize our hearts, as you were saying, Mary, and make us more ready to be in the presence of God, I think worship was something I used as well. Again, I just didn't have a lot of it. So I, it was very repetitive, the same yes. CDs and the same songs. But all of that to say that, yeah, I think there are things that we want to do to dial down as, as we spend time in the word itself. And getting out of that go mode, finding little things that will help our hearts be still and be quiet. For me, it's very helpful to have a little bit of quiet, not not to be in the midst of a lot of noise. But I have found I can be in a prayer room or in a coffee shop and I can get so quickly in the zone now because of probably a lot of pathways that have been beaten down in my my brain that I can quickly jump in the deep end with the Lord, even when there's noise, but I wasn't so adaptable in the past. All these things to sort of prepare our hearts, I think are good. Any external things that we can do to kind of ready ourselves is helpful. And I think, again, the word is, is always comes alive. I think when we're actually worshiping, if we're being intentional, it's just like reading the word, we can just hear those songs when we're cleaning and not even sing along with yes. any one verse, you know what I mean? And I I find that very interesting yep. how we can be in all these places Absolutely. but not really glean. Yeah. So I would say I, I do want to just say a couple quick things about some actual physical tools regarding the word of God itself. I get this question a lot and that is idea of versions. What's the good version? What's the not good version, et cetera, et cetera. And I just want to say that basically Many of you may know, but just just to make it very broad and simple, 
there's basically two kinds of Bible versions out there. One is going to be, there's words for this that won't matter. We're just going to say one is, we'll call it a paraphrase. And a paraphrase might be like the message, the very popular new newest paraphrase is the passion. When I was in my day, it was called the living yeah. word or something. Basically, that just means it sort of doesn't just take the actual literal translation from the original manuscripts. Where there are discrepancies, or if we would say, I, I can, I could be quoting, let's say, a Philippians passage, everything that is good and lovely and beautiful and truthful and inspiring, let's say, okay, well, the words inspiring, that word is not in that verse. I can say beautiful. The word beautiful is not in that verse. So what did I do? I'm throwing some other words when I might be quoting right. certain verses and I'm throwing them in to try to build connection with you as the listener. Like this is the essence of what this yeah. verse is saying, right? Well, I've just paraphrased that that verse. So paraphrases, you just want to know that that's what they are. So what they've done is they've taken the manuscripts and there might be an extra one adjective over here in this manuscript found in this particular year. And maybe 200 years they, later, they find another manuscript and it might have this word, but it doesn't have that word. So now we have two extra words. And so these highly educated textual criticism people who have to do all this work, they labor over this. All of that to say that if you're looking for something that you, you care about in terms of the words themselves for the purpose of studying and understanding more fully and bringing your own interpretation, then those would be a direct translation. So we have the translations, which are more literal to the manuscript, and we have the paraphrases that sort of just combine a lot of the words and might even add a little bit of their own, the team, the huge team of people that work on it. And some are seen as they take a lot of liberty or, or maybe more than others that we'd like. And, and I'll, I'll just say straight up, I happen to love the passion, which is a paraphrase. It's new. It's fresh. It's beautiful. It's super relevant. And I love it. And that one of all, I've done a little study on you. Can, all you have to do to you just take one of your favorite Bible verses, let's say, and you read it from five different yeah. paraphrases. And you can start to see, wow, they that's a important thing they missed right. by yeah, sort I of love, saying it that way, right? Yeah, yes. I love that we got our son the Bible, NASB, New American Standard, and then the message in it as well. So you're reading both side by side. And I love that because exactly like what you just said, I can read maybe a more direct translation. And then if I'm like, okay, wait, what is that? What is that saying? Let me read the paraphrase. Oh, okay. I kind of get what maybe it's trying to come across. Okay. I'm going to go back to the direct again. Lord, okay. Yes. Speak to me again. What is this all about? It's about connecting our hearts and then taking it yes. and saying, Lord, speak to me about this. But I kind of, I kind of like both next to each other. So I can read the direct and then read the paraphrase as well to come and connect my heart. Yes. Yes. And so in that vein, they have created, the publishers have created something called a parallel Bible and it can oh, have wow. up to four yeah. side by yeah. side. They're really little skinny things. So they're doing all kinds of comparisons. Whether you do that or whether you just have your passion or the message open here and you have your New American Standard or your direct translations, some of the top ones that overall scholars really hold highly to is the NIV and the NASB and the English. All these things, I would just say in all these pieces, if we're talking about tools regarding the actual word of God, if your heart is seeking God, there's so much 
that you can compare to and find your flavor. And I would say all of them, you're going to come out with mostly all the exact same thing that you'd get from anyone. So our admonition is, you know what, pick the one that you really like. And as you go a little farther, make sure you have one of each, you know, have a translation and have a paraphrase. When we're talking about tools regarding the word itself, that's my advice about which Bible do I read? Obviously, that's the, the most common thing, but the tools that you can bring with you to the word Here are the top things I say that I think are super great to have with you is a journal or a notebook, a spiral notebook. You don't need anything fancy. Something where you can record what you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you in this particular verse is very helpful. I, I think, again, if we're talking about the kind of contemplative thing that Mary and I are trying to teach you today to say, slow down, digest it. It's a beautiful seven course meal don't rush it and just sit on some of these things. And the other thing I would say is there's a couple things. Now, if you really are a little more analytical and you're like, what does that word actually mean in the original text? There's something called a concordance and strongs, S-T-R-O-N-G, strongs concordance is still the most popular and well done concordance out there for more of a layman, but it will take you to the original. It'll take you to various things that can help you understand something a little bit deeper, which can be absolutely amazing right. if that's your thing. I'm a little more analytical, so I like that. And the other a second one I want to say that I think is is beautiful because again, I happen to love what's called systematic theology. Now, this is really my jam as opposed to studying a book out of the Bible, which is isolated in culture, timelines, the author, they're so different. And if you don't have any grid, uh, you want to be trying to gain some of that knowledge, even if it's just a good study Bible that has a ton of notes that go back to original things. So systematic theology is this idea that in a systematized way, we are going to look at all the things the word of God has to say about this part of God or this part of God or his nature or his inability to change. And there is a guy named Wayne Grudem who has written a systematic theology book that is super Well, there are ones that are lesser, but this one is very simplistic compared to volumes back of hundreds of guys who wrote volumes, meaning several books just to define this area of systematic theology. But a great one that is well used among laymen is the systematic theology book by Wayne Grudem. Got just enough meat on it, but is very plainly written. I suggest everybody have a copy of that because I think that's a very foundational piece in our understanding. As we're reading the word, we're also separately educating ourselves in our mind and our heart and our spirit man about who God is. And just reading anything in systematic theology brings all the verses together on one subject as opposed to a verse by verse kind of study. So anyway, I think those, and then the last of the third of those is some people, you were saying, Mary, that worship can sort of inspire you and get you moving in the spirit realm. Another thing that a lot of people have done for centuries upon centuries, and that is engage in a morning kind of morning and evening, or just once a day, a daily devotional. 
Sometimes that becomes their fire starter. And I've been reading for years, Jesus Calling. Many of you have heard of it. It's, it's where the writer is a female, Sarah Young, and she's writing it in first person as if God were speaking. Some are offended by that style. I get that. And if you are, I wouldn't pick that one. The one I read for years and years and years is My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, one of the highest rated devotionals since people right. started writing them. <laughs> Sometimes for some of us, you know, that, that that will be the the thing we start with. And at times for me, right now I'm in a book called The Secret Place that has a lot of little tiny, tiny chapters. So you can stretch it out for a year or two. That's where I'm deep in at this point in my life for my morning sort of starter that gets me going in other ways with the Lord. So those are just some quick things. We'll put some of that in the show notes. And and when we get our website up, we'll have a really good place where you can find some of these resources with more information. Yeah, no, that's so good. You're right. And there's so many things. So many things. Yeah, I could tell you different websites that I've loved. The Bible Project is something I've really loved that. You can read a little chunk of the Bible yourself, and then it kind of does this fun overview of it and just talks through it. It's a really neat little resource that I have for myself and my teenagers. But again, there's so many. And also, what is the point of all of this? That it propels us back to that bridge. It's taking us into the presence of the Lord. It's taking us into not that we're just reading more knowledge about him, but that we're becoming like him. We're being filled with his heart. We're loving the things that he loves, hating the things that he hates, being filled more with his heartbeat and being more captivated by who he is and being in wonder and awe of our creator. I think at the end of the day, we can look at them and be like, okay, is this helping us to enter in more into the word and enter in more to the Holy Spirit? Or is it keeping us kind of detached and just staying on that bridge and just basically worshiping the bridge rather than going to the other side and worshiping the author of that bridge? Wow. That's it right there. Instead of worshiping the bridge, we're worshiping the person who has built the bridge for us. So yeah, I think think this is all so good. I think we could definitely go into so many more things. I love how I've recently been trying to meditate just on even single verses, just because that is not my go-to is to just sit on one verse. So yeah, I love how you said, always have a journal. Sometimes I'll just take one verse. And I know there's whole studies done on this, meaning whole Bible studies and all sorts of things where they just take one verse. But I've tried to do that even some with my kids where we'll take one verse and we'll draw a picture about the verse. We'll sit on it. We'll pray on the verse. Like, Lord, what are you saying here? And just really Mm -hmm. sit on that one verse just to kind of teach us how to stop and to slow down. So there's so many different resources. We'll put some in the show notes. But yes, let that be your takeaway of, Lord, as I read the word, am I being ushered into your presence? Am I knowing more of your heart? So we just encourage you this week as you sit down and read the word, even if it's five minutes or two hours or whatever time frame that you have, that you would be a little more intentional to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. At the end of this, my big prayer recently, whenever I even open my Bible, just a 10 second prayer, I was like, Lord, I want to be a little more like you after I read this. I want to have a little more of your heart after I read this. I don't want to read this and not be changed. I want to be different in your presence. So just let those prayers and let that kind of propel us as we read the word this week. 
Yes, and, and amen to that. And I would just say, I think just saturating ourselves in what is beautiful and lovely and good, which God is and the word is, I think even the baby steps along the way will accumulate and you'll find your thoughts and your heart posture changes just by being in his presence. We bless you with that and that this isn't a burden. It isn't a to-do thing, but it's an invitation by the living God to come and just come away with him for just a few minutes. And with that, we just invite you to have a blessed week. And again, our heart and our prayers are with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.